You do not have to scale your business at a rapid pace because if you do, you will make mistakes. You will cut instead of measuring twice before you cut and you will lose money just like I did. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention FunNet Flip because FunNet Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt, and uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and we have got a special segment that hopefully you love um, We've because we've done many of them before, and so far everyone said, eh, that's pretty cool. I like this segment. So the segment is Situation Saturday, and we've got Angelo Ramora on the show. How are you doing, Angelo? Joe, I'm fantastic, mate. How about yourself? Doing very well, my friend, and if Angelo's voice sounds familiar, well, that's because you're a loyal best ever listener and you heard him on episode 52. The episode's titled A Different Kind of Due Diligence, and you can learn all about his best advice ever and his background a little bit more in detail on that. And on today's episode, we're going to put him in a specific situation. It's actually a situation that he's been through already. And it's a situation that he, I hope, doesn't wish upon anybody listening. Um, and it's it's a very enlightening situation because usually we hear all about the successful deals. Well, it's time to talk about a deal that didn't work out so well and uh, the lessons that he learned from it. So the situation we're going to put Angelo in right now is how do you lose $25,000 on a deal. Walk us through the process of how we can lose $25,000 on a deal. Oh, Joe, mate, I, I wish I did it, mate, but um, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, happen from time to time. They happen. And, and something that I always like to tell every, um, uh, you know, young uh, person that's looking at starting their journey as a real estate investor or an entrepreneur or, any, or anyone that's just looking at starting in real estate or becoming an entrepreneur is, you know, eventually you will get hit. And um, you had Barbara Corker on your show not too long ago, mate, and something that, you know, she says and she looks for in entrepreneurs, um, you know, in the Shark Tank episode is ones that can get hit and pick themselves back up and keep moving forward, you know, and uh, mate, it's, it's very unfortunate. I've done over 350 deals, Joe, in the last four and a half years of, of my life as a real estate investor, 
And just two months ago, I literally lost $25,000 on a property which was located two minutes from my office. Can wow. you believe that? Um, <laughs> just in, insane, mate. Absolutely insane. And and how I lost the money, mate, is, is quite simple. When I was working as a laborer many, many years ago, okay, my boss would always say, measure twice and cut once, okay? Measure twice and cut once. Well, guess what I was doing on this deal, Joe? I was cutting without even measuring, okay? And um, just because we have been absolutely booming with our business, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of deals. Um, I needed to get a lot of people on board. Um, you know, I was I was spread thin, mate. I was working with a lot of lot of things on any given moment, on any given day. And this particular property, um, I did not pay attention to, so I did not cut twice. Um, and uh, mate, I hired the wrong people to do the job. First of all, second of all, I was paying draws to contractors that have worked for me. For over a year, so I trusted them. I was paying draws without going to inspect the workmanship and how much has been done just based on their word, right, which was a huge mistake. Um, another thing was, mate, these folks did not get the job done quickly enough. And uh, another particular fellow that I paid to pull some permits on the job, he pretty much lied to me, took my money and never paid for the permits. So then the city came out on site. <laughs> The city fined us and literally gave us a stop work order. Joe, I mean, I, I don't think you've got enough time in this episode for me to just keep going on and on and on and on about the list of things. Um, another thing, I guess, which is a huge, huge mistake, mate, is I did not speak to any of the neighbors before I purchased the property. And it's something that I'm used to doing. And whoever's listening to you to this show right now, before you buy a house, guys, speak to the neighbors because they will know the history of that property and you know who owned it or who currently owns it and everything that was wrong with it. Joe, this property was an absolute nightmare, mate. The, the previous owner was stealing water from the city. So the city disconnected all water to the house. There was no power to the house. I mean, it was a condemned house, dude, and I had no clue about it. I mean, insane. <laughs> wow, you gave us a laundry list of things to look at already. And I failed to even talk about your background before we dove into it. So really quickly, you mentioned 350 deals that you've done. And then we're going to come back to these items that I wrote down while you're talking. Really quickly, can you give the, the best ever listeners a little bit about your background and, and how you got to this point? Sure can, mate. Thanks for asking. Well, uh, look, Angelo Ramora is my name. Okay, I'm known here in the US as the real estate dingo. Um, I quit school at the age of 14, so I've got no formal education whatsoever. I work hard, I work smart, and I got to where I am today by asking questions of people who are where I wanted to be. Um, I've been in real estate for around four and a half years now. I've done over 350 deals. And um, I've got a company right now, which is a million-dollar business based here in Ohio. It's called Ohio Cashflow. And um, we work with investors from, you know, the East Coast, West Coast, UK, Canada, Australia, recently expanded into Asia. And, uh, mate, I'm pumped, Joe. I'm excited. I mean, the future's looking bright. All right. What is your business model with your, with your company? Mate, we buy rundown distressed properties, okay? We fix them up to a great standard. We've got an in-house property management company that gets them tenanted. And then we, you know, sell them to investors, Okay, so that is our bread and butter business model. Okay, now let's talk about the, the things you learned. So you, you mentioned a lot of them. I'm going to briefly recap them. You hired the wrong people. You Correct. paid draws on contractors without going to inspect the workmanship because you've been working, on, working with them for a while, so you went on their word. 
You didn't get the job. They didn't get the job done quickly enough. There's another fellow you worked with who lied and didn't get the permits, just took your money. The city fined you and uh, got a stop work order. And then you didn't speak to the neighbors before buying it. Out of all those things, if you could, if you had to only do one of them, if I was like, okay, I'm going to let you go back in time. And you may only do one of these things and the rest you still can't do. Which one would you choose to do? Wow, mate. Great question. <laughs> you love this, don't you? Stumping your guests like this. <laughs> um, mate, I guess, you know, the, the wow, wow. Let me think about that one, mate. I think that if I could turn back time and what I would do differently, mate, is I wouldn't have let go of the reins to paying out those draws. Okay. okay. So before I would pay out a draw, I would either uh, I would have went out to the property myself to check on the progress before I trusted someone on their word and paid out that draw. Uh, and, and that is probably the main reason why I lost the most amount of money, Joe, on this particular deal. And I literally had $14,000 in draws, okay, where the work was just not completed. Okay, and I was in a hustle bustle at the time, mate. I was rushing around. I was trying to get a hundred things done. You know, you know, as the saying, mate. You know, it's it's it was like it's like a circus sometimes, Joe. Real estate. You've got a hundred balls, and you've only got two hands. So you're trying to keep them all up at the same time, and it's just impossible. And that was me three months ago, mate. That was me three months ago, and that's what I was trying to do. And um, uh, you know, so with that being said, mate, I would have woken up, smelt the roses. Um, and I definitely would have found the time to go and inspect the property myself, or I just wouldn't have trusted these people like I did. Um, even though, benefit of the doubt to myself, mate, I've known them for over a year, and they've worked for me on countless projects. But with that being said, mate, you know the the, the proof there is that you cannot trust anyone <laughs> for yeah. years, right? Trust is built over time, mate, not over one phone call, email, or, or, or Skype call. And guess what, mate? Now I can say that it's not even built over one year of knowing someone, you know, so um, lesson learned, Joe. And, and I think, you know, anyone else listening and including myself, you know, what they can take away from this is, you know, that trust is indeed built over time and see it for yourself before you actually pay out those draws or, um, you know, you have to make sure that you've got someone on board that's a part of your company um, that you have known for many, 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 many years. Yeah, and and I know before we started recording, we were talking about your challenges that you're facing now, and basically it's an operation. So you've got the money from investors, you've got the deals, and now it's just ensuring that from an operation standpoint, it, things are running according to plan, and that you are able to create a system for your company. So how has that been going? And what are some lessons that you're learning along the way? Because you know, if you have someone, as you just said, on board who is overseeing the uh, site work, then you won't physically have to be there because it's just not scalable for you to be at all these different properties. So how is the operations development going right now? Mate, great question. And look, what I decided to do, mate, in, in every failure, okay, I always talk to people about these things and I do a ton of periscopes where I talk about failure and success. When you experience failure in life, okay, you dig within the core issues 
that made you fail on a particular deal or, or, or in a particular business, okay? Then when you succeed, you are on such a high that you, don't, you do not even evaluate the situation and the circumstances that made you succeed, okay? Um, you just think, you know, you're Donald Trump and your ego takes over your being, right? While in failure, you really dig into every, you know, core circumstance that caused you to fail, okay? Now, what I have done, mate, since I failed on this particular transaction three months ago, uh, mate, I've really, really, really dug into the core of our business, and um, what we were doing and, 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 and what we were doing wrong, mate. And, and it's very simple, Joe. It is very simple. Unfortunately, I compromised my beliefs. I compromised everything that, you know, I've been preaching and that is quality over quantity, right? And I just started focusing on the quantity. I started doing more deals. I started hiring more people. Now, of course, I just got caught up in that hype and buzz, which just took over me. And I didn't actually wake up and smell the roses like I did once I lost that big lump sum of money there. Mate, check this out, Joe. Keep it mean by keeping it lean. I fired everyone, baby. I absolutely <laughs> fired everyone, okay? And, and pretty much, mate, um, you know, I, I decided to stick to the keep it simple, stupid approach, the KISS approach, right? I'm only taking on deals right now that do not need full-blown rehabs, okay? That's number one. Number two, I'm not using hard money anymore like I did before. I'm just using my own cash. Number three, I'm only working with cash buyers, okay? I'm not willing to go through a finance process or a lender that's going to drag their feet and get the loan approved, okay? Number four, mate, I'm only looking at hiring two or three more people that can literally, you know, complete this new way that we're looking at moving forward. And that's it, mate. You know, as I said, keep it mean by keeping it lean. You do not have to scale your business at a rapid pace because if you do, you'll make mistakes. You will cut instead of measuring twice before you cut and you will lose money just like I did. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, just let me, let me wrap it up here, mate. We've got the money. We've got the deals. We've got the buys. Now I'm just focusing on the systems. I'm focusing on the operations. I'm focusing on the day-to-day -day stuff within our business and outsourcing my time as much as possible by bringing people on board that can execute on a particular task, you know, saving me uh, the effort of having to do it. You mentioned you're hiring, only hiring two or three more people. Who is on your team right now and what are their responsibilities? Awesome, mate. Okay, so right now there's myself, okay, and I pretty much do everything. Um, but here at Ohio Cashler, mate, we believe all for one and one for all. It's kind of our little company culture where we all do everything, okay? I've got Angie, okay? She looks after all of my tech and social media and web design. Um, I've got Missy. She's in charge of all of our administrative services and public, uh, sorry, and property management. I've got Dominique. Um, uh, she looks after all of our um, uh, public relations, client relations. She pretty much, you know, also assists me with anything that I need done at any given moment. I've got Dave, who is my full-time maintenance guy and um, project manager, okay? I've got two contractors on board right now. I've got Steve and his crew. I've got Paul and his crew. And that pretty much concludes it, mate. That's us. You know, a nice little boutique firm here, Ohio Cashflow. We're moving and shaking, mate. You know, before that, I had many, many more people. I had a director of operations, okay? I had another property manager that was also slash a project manager. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, mate, we had to let go of all of those people go. I had five contractors at the time too, had to let go of three contractors. 
And, uh, mate, it's, it's just been one of those things where, uh, you know, trial and error, trial and error, and eventually, um, you know, you get the hang of things. And, and um, mate, I'm, I've definitely learned to hire slowly and fire quickly now. <laughs> Whenever you're experiencing a time where you have to take a look at your business and determine who stays, who goes, how do you determine that, say, someone who's focused on social media should stay or someone who's focused on PR client relations should stay versus someone who's focused on operations? I mean, is it is it a person, is it the actual personnel or is it the position and the responsibilities? Mate, great, great question. I love that question and, and an awesome one, mate. Look, there's four key traits that I look for and I'm going to send you an invoice for this, Joe. Okay, so <laughs> so make sure that you check your mail. Nate, this is some good stuff I'm going to give right now. I've recently moved, by the way, and there's no forwarding address, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I'll come and find you, mate. I was actually supposed to be in New York on the 25th. I'm in Cincinnati now. Hey? Oh, really? I live in Cincinnati now. Yeah, I moved about four months ago, four or five months ago. Why didn't you tell me, mate? I'm traveling to Dayton all the time. Well, then let's meet up. Done. Done. I'll shoot you an email. There you go. Anyway, I'll hand deliver you that invoice too, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes aside, mate. All right, you ready for this? And and this is some good stuff, mate. Number one, loyalty. Number two, honesty. Number three, no greed. And number four, respect. Okay. I do not care if you can't push buttons. I can't push buttons, mate. It takes me 45 minutes to compose an important email. My math sucks. My English grammar is even worse, dude. I quit school at the age of 14, but I'm loyal. I'm honest. I'm not greedy and I'm respectful. Those are the four key traits that you have to look for in everyone. If someone fails on any one of those four, get rid of them. Get rid of them, mate. And the biggest mistake that I made, mate, is not getting rid of people quickly enough. My mentor who's in Australia right now, he's got a $100 million business. He's been in real estate for 12 years. He said, Angelo, the biggest mistake that I made is I let people take advantage of me for too long. They did not perform in their job. They failed me on one of those four traits, but I kept believing that they would change. They never changed, and it just ended up costing me time, heartache, and money. So once again, Joe, loyalty, honesty, no greed, respect. Four key traits to look for, mate. I've got them right up on my whiteboard here. I've got everyone's name above those key traits and I'm just ticking them off or I'm Xing them. (laughs) Whoever gets an X, you can go. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) When you're interviewing people, how do you qualify those four things? Mate, it's hard to qualify those four things. When you're interviewing someone, you just have to take the leap of faith, give someone the benefit of the doubt and go by gut instinct. And, you know, at the end of the day, my intuition is right more than it is wrong. And, you know, that's what I do, mate. You can't, it's very, very hard. As we said, mate, you know, the the trust factor is built over time. Um, But I believe that, you know, once you take these people on board, um, then they will reveal their true colors over time. But as soon as they fail on one of those four traits, mate, they must go. Do not hold on to them. It will never get any better. I tried holding on to people, mate, and look what happened. It ended up costing me money. So as, as ruthless and it can, as, it, as it sounds, Joe, and I'm not that type of character to be able to pull the trigger like that so quickly, it really does hurt me. And, you know, you and I have met in person. Um, you know, I think that you can, you can tell that I'm a genuine dude, same as you are. But, mate, unfortunately, you have to let go of these people. You have to. Otherwise, I agree. Yeah. it's just not going to be good long term. Yeah, I that that's a lesson I learned whenever I was in advertising. I worked at an advertising agency. I was the seventh employee, and whenever I left six years later, there were over a hundred. 
And I saw major, major growth and growing pains throughout that. And part of it was in 2008, whenever we had to lay off a large percentage of the agency. And yeah, it was just, and as we were growing from seven to over a hundred, there were a lot of people who came and went. And that was something I learned during that process of if they're just not working out from a culture standpoint, from a of a business standpoint or from however you evaluate them, then they, they need to go and it's mutually beneficial to give them the hook early because it's not a good situation. Um, if they're, if they're hanging around doing a job they aren't interested in or aren't good at, and likely that will be the same thing. And it's not, it's certainly not good for your business. I have a quick question about whenever you do let people go, what paperwork is required and what type of clauses do you have in your agreements, your contracts with the individuals you hire that allows you to kind of have that quick hook if necessary? Mate, look, we we kind of have we get everyone to sign a non-compete, non-disclosure agreement when they start with us, um, and and we also have a thirty-day notice there. So it's it's pretty painless, to be honest with you. Um, there is not much discussion. You know, we will either give a thirty-day notice for them to leave, or they will just leave abruptly, um, because of a certain conversation that they had <laughs> with a certain someone, <laughs> myself, Joe. So look, so far there really haven't been any issues, mate. Um, you know, a lot of the folks that we bring on board, they're, they're contractors, so they're not necessarily, you know, employed um, full-time or on payroll. We don't have any any healthcare benefits. Mate, we're still green and growing. You know, we're still a young company, so we don't have those uh, clauses that the bigger companies would have or all of that jibber-jabber stuff, um, as I like to refer to it too. Um, it is definitely something that, you know, as we grow, you know, of course, depending on how, how large we get, I'm going to have to look at, you know, drawing up some some better documentation and paperwork. But right now, mate, and, and, and not just right now, in general, mate, everyone is replaceable, Joe. Absolutely, everyone is replaceable. Whoever thinks they're not, they're, they're joking themselves. You know, every single time when someone left our company or, or when we told them to leave, um, we were literally back on track within 24 hours. Okay, um, it's just a matter of canceling a few emails, removing someone off our website, a few little bits and pieces here and there, mate, and we're, we're right back on. On, on schedule. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, that's the beauty about being a, a small boutique and exclusive firm. You can you can adapt to the changes very, very quickly. Unlike, you know, a, a lot of the larger companies out there, which um, if they have, a, a, you know, a CEO or a CFO or, or a few folks leave, unfortunately, like, like um, one of my fellow YEC members, Dan Price, and what's his um, gravity payments, you know, when he upped everyone's salary to 80 grand a year and a few of his the main folks on the board got pissed off and I think two of them left and um, you know, he was in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? So, that's the guy who lowered his salary from millions to 80,000 as well, right? Everyone yep. across the board was 80 K. Yep. 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 Yeah. You know, he had two of his main folks leave and, and I think he's in all kinds of trouble now. So, um, but the beauty with us is mate, and, and another thing go, going back to when I actually lost the 25 grand Joe is I let go of the reins too quickly. And now I'm not willing to do that anymore. I also let go of the reins previously earlier this year when we had to part ways with a few of our other employees. Um, I let go of the reins to them and, and um, it wasn't good. Um, you know, it was a little bit of a struggle before we could reassess and get uh, back on track. So now, mate, you know, lesson learned. Um, I'm definitely not let, letting go of the reins um, until someone actually proves themselves to me um, that, they can drive, that they can drive and steer the ship in the right way right for the particular task that they're doing so 
Definitely holding on to those reins, mate. I'm not saying micromanaging, but just, you know, <laughs> holding on to the reins, Joe. <laughs> yeah, $25,000 worth of reins. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Exactly. Well, Angelo, this has been, you know, I have one more question for you before we before we wrap up. Actually, two. The last one is just how to reach you. But the, the yep. one before that, a penultimate, to use a word that I learned in college, probably one of the only things I learned. So the, penul- <laughs> the penultimate question I have for you is where do you get your energy from? Mate, wow. Do you have another 20 minutes? No, I have about <laughs> two. <laughs> Finding your purpose and why in life, Joe. When you find your purpose and when you find your why in life, you feel no fear, you feel no pain, you feel no hunger. All you feel, mate, is a sheer passion, drive, and determination to succeed in any undertaking. Joe, I'm not reading from a script here. That is stamped in my heart, baby. It is stamped in my heart. I feel passion. I feel determination. When my alarm bell goes off in the morning, mate, there is no snooze button. It does not exist in my vocabulary, mate. My butt is in the office and I'm pumping the job all day, every day, mate, whatever it takes to succeed and get to where I need to be. I'm willing to do it, mate. All right. And what's the best ever place for the listeners to reach you? Mate, by the way, first of all, apologies for my, um, for the boiler room sounds you've been getting here, mate. My phone's been blowing up. I've got people <laughs> walking in and out of the door. My sincere apologies there to everyone listening and to yourself. Hey, Google is the best business card, guys. Um, check us out, Angelo Remora, Ohio Cashflow. Um, we're not salesy. We deliver a ton of content. We love Joe Fairless and, and his show. I and mean, it's all about you guys. So check us out, and um, we're more than happy to help in any way. Awesome, Angelo. Well, thank you for being on the show and talking about the the deal that didn't go well and the lessons that you learned. Going to quickly recap those. One, hiring the wrong people to do the job. Two, distributing paid draws for contractors without doing the inspection. Three, not getting the well, they didn't get the job done quickly enough, so that was kind of a, a result of all the all the stuff that was happening. So three is really another fellow lied and didn't get the permit, so double checking that. Four is the city was finding you all and gave you a stop work order. So working with the city and, and kind of ha- hearing the story, the backstory behind the property, as you said, you, know, you didn't speak to the neighbors and that's something that you do on all the other properties. So this was an outlier. And I don't want to dwell on this property and, and make this a microcosm of your overall approach because you have an amazing approach. And as you said, you've done over 350 deals. And this is just the one we chose to talk about today. I mean, I appreciate you uh, be, being forthcoming and, and talking about the, the deal and you know the, the lessons that you learned because we can, we can learn, learn a whole lot from that. Then you know, talking through your quick hook with uh, the people on your team and determining, you know, basically you'll let the reins go whenever you have someone who proves themselves in a situation that they need to be for the responsibilities that they, they're, they're given um, over and over again. It does not happen overnight and it doesn't happen just with a couple things. It's, it's uh, consistency over time. Uh, and then just, you know, kind of the paperwork too that you use in that situation, the non-compete, the non-disclosure and the 30-day notice. So just really interesting. And then lastly, thanks for talking about, you know, where your energy comes from. And it really comes from within, as you said, the finding your purpose and your why in life. And then when you have that, there is no snooze button, as you said. So thank you again for being on the show. I would like to say that I will see you soon, but I don't want that invoice for those four uh, <laughs> reasons, how you pick people and how you keep them. So perhaps we'll have another phone conversation. And if that invoice gets lost in the shuffle while you're completing 
the operations of your company, then I'd love to see you in Cincinnati or Dayton. <laughs> love it, Joe. Thanks for having me, mate. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever.